Hello, just another Liverpool podcast is back. We've had our Christmas break, gorged ourselves on food and drink, football of course, uh, spent time with the family and the rest of the time witnessing Liverpool become world champions and also embarrassing second place Leicester 4-0. Um, we are here tonight to talk about the Wolves game. We are the champions. We are the champions. Right. Shall we cut it? And by we, I mean me, your host, Stuart Jones, and my returning co-host... Matt Wood. It's been, um, it's been a while, hasn't it? It has been a while. You can tell it's been a while because you fucked up on that first introduction and we had to re-record it. Like I said, I was happy to carry on. Easily recoverable, that yeah. was. Only six yeah. seconds gone. Yeah. Um, and, um, so yeah, we can't believe we didn't do a podcast for the Flamengo game. It's pretty shocking, isn't it? After becoming world champions, one of the biggest games in the club's history. What's the excuse? Um, that was probably no excuse, but I don't know. Like going into that tournament, I just thought I'm not really bothered by this. But you know, I, like obviously getting to the final and winning it, it's great. But if we lost that final, I wouldn't have been too gutted. I, I would have been gutted. Uh, I, I was I was sweating in, in the second half. Don't get me wrong, yeah, I was gripped and everything. And going into extra time and all that, but it's, it was one of them. If we if we got beaten that game, you just like obviously got, move on, got, let's get yeah. back into the league. It's all about the gold badge, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. One game only. Yeah. But no, it's one of them, isn't it? It's a trophy that we haven't won before, so that's you know mm. that's up on the mantle Some now. Some would say it deserved its own podcast. Well, critics might we say can't live in the past, Matty. We want to move forward, like Liverpool have just done against Wolves. Um, nice, do you want to, nice segue. Yeah, do you want to kick off with what you witnessed? Well, there? I mean, have you mentioned? I, I wasn't really listening that intently to your intro, but we've obviously just finished watching the game, so that's nice. Yeah. No worries. Um, so this is like quite a raw reaction uh, to the game, I suppose. Have we? I don't know if it's worth just talking about the lineups to begin with because I think that is probably a bit of a talking point, more so from Wolves, who I think rested a couple of their key players, uh, Jimenez and Traore. Um, I think straight away that was a boost for us. Mm-hmm. Um and I think a bit of a acknowledgement from them that it was a bit of a free hit tonight. Um, I certainly felt, but by the end of it, it was a real. It, it was just about getting across the line, wasn't it? Just taking oh, another one off. Um, uh, on this kind of uh, second half of the season that we're gonna get into. Um, after the first, I thought we played pretty well in the first half. They were content to sit back and soak up pressure. Um and but second half, you know, we do they they give us a really difficult game and especially when they brought on the substitutes uh and Triori and the, the threat that he started to, to pose and we were most definitely uh conscious of him uh causing um uh causing us some problems. Um so I think yeah, like I say it's just another one to uh Take off really, um, put it put to one side. It wasn't the greatest of performances, yeah. uh, coming off the back of probably one of our best performances this season against Leicester. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just about getting getting the job done in that second half and, and managing it. Yeah, and it's one really. of them games, isn't it? Like like 
beginning of the season when you see the fixtures and you like you look at Wolves on paper and you think that is always going to give you a, a tough tough game they're not going to give you an easy ride but then going into the game like on the drive over here and you hear the lineups and you see seeing ours basically full mm. strength team and you see Wolves where like you yeah. said a few key players out you think yeah, we could really, yeah. really have. There was a couple of things that, that that play. You know, before we even touch upon VAR, um, there were a couple of things that played into our hands in that game, being that we had an extra day to recover. Although we have done a lot of traveling as well with the the World Club Cup, so you've got a factor in that. But they they had a day extra, uh, sorry, a day less to repair, and the uh, the changes that they made, they obviously weren't quite at full strength, so. Those factors did play into yeah. our. I think it was um, definitely two bit. sided on both teams. Like likes what you're saying there, where, you know, we have been, you know, globe trotting recently, mm. but then they they had only like forty eight hours to recover. But then you look at it on the flip side, and it's like, that's where it kind of told in that game where they had the fresher legs, and we played, pretty much the same team as the Leicester game apart from the Lana, yeah, uh, coming in, so I think that. That did play a part. That that really helped them in the second half, being that bit more fresher, and just like watching it. Obviously, they as the game went on at one nil. I think I said early on in the second half. I said we need to get a second goal, a third goal here, yeah. and then it kind of it kills that game yeah. for for Nuno for the manager um, to kind of go. I I don't need to bring on the big boys. But as that game went on. There's still a chance of them exactly. There's that little bit of hope, of hope where you know yeah. we could actually get a, a draw, possibly yeah. a win out of this. You brought on the big boys, and it did make a difference. Like that Traore, like, that's yeah. like that's the first time I've like seen him live, apart from like highlights and all that. And wow, what an impact he made when he came on. You know, uh, on on that right side, our left side with Robertson. Robertson just sat back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were like doubling up on him as well. Um, that was definitely part of the game. I think second half the game plan was just let's let's make sure we try and manage this. If they do bring on Traore, Robertson, you've just got to like um, not get as forward as much as what you would do ordinarily, and just make sure that you don't leave any space for him to run into because he's so dangerous when he runs. You know, well even when there's not space to run into, he in a one v one. You noticed as well. We did seem to try and when he got the ball. We made sure it wasn't a one v one. We were trying to like double up yeah. on him and and give him like limited space to work with. So that was definitely a consideration, I think, uh, with the game plan that he would come on at some point, and we needed to adjust to that. Yeah, really. I think, like especially the second half, you know, with playing on Boxing Day, with pretty much the same, the same team, we did especially with the back four, like well with Trent or. You know, main outlet this mm. season, he definitely did sit more, and that did impact on the way we played in the second half, mm. where everything in the end it was having to go through the middle, yeah. and a lot of things weren't. Paying First off. off, I thought that we were really we wanted to use Trent as much as possible. Like uh, they brought up the figures in terms of like touches. I think he was at the top. Um, because we were obviously just feeding him the ball again and again and again, and he was getting in some good deliveries into the box, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, I think he, uh, I think Mane and Salah both had kind of chances where he whipped it, um, in into the box, and he was getting 
uh, a fair bit of joy there, but that didn't seem to happen as much second half because I think in the first half they were happy to just sit in with the five at the back, mm. soak up the pressure, and then try and break on us. I do think. Whereas second half they, we it kind of flipped. We we retreated a little bit and they pushed right up the pitch and it didn't give Trent that that space. I think it did. Like both managers, like what when we seen the lineup. I think like both managers had in their mind like like Klopp must have seen Wolves line up and thought right. Let's go in at them mm. the first half an hour. Let's kill this game. And I think that was the intention. And same with Nuno. I, th- I think he was thinking, right, let's just soak up the pressure. Mm. Let's just try and keep keep it to nil-nil. We're still in it, yeah, you know, yeah. maybe one-nil. See how it goes. I, I really do think both managers were expecting Liverpool to really win that handsomely. And I think that was the intention what, yeah. to kind of like blow them away in the first half hour. And then, then make the substitutions. Yeah. Maybe bring on one of the young lads in the second half to just try and rest rest the team. But obviously, yeah. didn't play. So what I, I think I said it to you, didn't I? Like before the game or just at the start of the game, we definitely need to be in front or like be comfortable in the game before they make the subs because it, yeah. their their game plan would have been right if we can keep it level or even you know within a goal. But if it was level and we were chasing it, and then they made the subs. That would have really um, caused us a lot of problems, I imagine, because we would have been pushed forward and then Traore would have been even more dangerous going into a a lot more space. Mm. So I think that was their game plan, just hold out as long as they possibly could, um, sit deep. Um, But we managed to break it down anyway, eventually, even though apparently, well, to begin with, uh, the the, the goal wasn't given, was it? Um, Let's move on to the two... The two big decisions, really, of let's, the game. Let's talk about VAR. Big. Again. Yeah. So, talk about the Mane goal then. Like, you know, we've got to mention this. The referee was Anthony Taylor, where, you know, he he is a mank. And if, if he can give a decision where it's against Liverpool, he will. Um, so, yeah. Ball, what a, you know, great ball from Verge. Um into Lalana, his you know onto his shoulder, yeah. Um, you know, great, you know, great like chest so, off to um, Sadio. For, to Sadio Mane to a uh, you know lovely sublime finish there, yeah. Um, and you know that, that that first, the first replay of it, you know, even before the whole VAR with the whole thing get, getting it really slowed down before all that got involved, that first replay it was obvious it was shoulder. Yeah. Do you, do you know what I think though? Like, well, how long for, did that take for, as well? It's like three of, or four minutes. Yeah. Well, I think it was more. First of all, minutes. we were saying about the long balls as well, which I was saying to you in the game. We've definitely added that dimension. Yeah. The the ball from back to front, especially from Van Dyke. That wasn't a part of our game, was it last season? Nah, not at all. I, I think, think teams were obviously, you know, the whole thing with like we needed right, to come up with ways to like break yeah. teams down. I yeah. think the long ball is working for it. It's not exactly. just the ball though; it's the players who are making the movements and controlling it. A lot of the time, it it's Mane who's controlling it. But that that occasion, it was Lallana making the run across. Yeah. Um, shoulder, used his shoulder. Mane, uh, swept it in. Nice finish. Um, but what thinking about it now? What, what was weird about that is because he instantly. Uh, blew up for a handball there, so he must have been certain. Oh, he couldn't wait to blow. He must have been certain that he thought it was handball. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Which in real time, that was not at all. That to me that wasn't obvious. So it was strange that he he, he blew for it. 
Um, and think... then you could tell within a couple of replays, like you say, no way on yeah. ball, definitely shoulder, definite goal. The time then was apparently um, drawn out because they needed to work out whether he blew his whistle whether the, when the ball was still in play. And if the ball was still in play, then they couldn't give it, apparently, which is a bit, a bit crazy. Well, how how well, controversial would have that been? Because this is the whole thing. The referees now are meant to let land linesmen are meant to let the play go. Yeah, you know that should have been in well, the back that, of that's, his mind. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. If it, if it wasn't absolutely clear cut, then don't don't whistle for it. But I suppose you could say his argument would be I did I did whistle after it was in the net, but whether he intentionally did it after the play had developed and the ball had gone in, I don't know. But it was it was like an instant right. No goal, but then watching it in real time, I I I I thought that there's a real good chance of that that's a legit yeah goal. And there's nothing wrong with that. So I don't know. He must have been certain that that he'd seen a well, seen a handball. That, but that's the perfect reason why VAR had to be brought yeah. in. So we'll counter that with yeah. in 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 that circumstance. Yeah, that's clear. Cause is it handball? No, right goal. Yeah. End of story. There you are. Great. Thumbs up. And then now it's the thumbs down. Like, you know, <laughs> we are Liverpool fans, you know, believe mm-hmm. us. But <laughs> that Wolves goal should have stood, shouldn't it? You know, without the Liverpool glasses, hat, coat, scarf, everything on, mm. you know, it, it, it it's a goal. Like what you it's said. just like there's been so many incidents over this uh, week. Is it weekend? I don't know what yeah, day it yeah. is. But um, in so many of the games in the last couple of days, there's been so many instances where you look at it and you think, should that mor- like morally be offside? The Pookie one's the best example for me in the Norwich game where he starts his... Ru- Whereas the ball's played, he's he's actually behind the defender, but because he's just leaning slightly forward with the upper part of his body, it's deemed offside. And I, I just think, again, I was saying to you, I just think they need to change the rules now with mm-hmm. VAR to accommodate that technology. Because when you're getting into the fine, fine details of stopping it when the ball is apparently connected or left someone's foot and there's so many minute fractions involved drawing these two lines across the end of the the last part of the player's body and then drawing another line across it just it just doesn't sit right does it and the whole the the emotion of the game as well like again is- again looking at it away from our, our bias if you like that for them uh, right on half time goal at the cop end you know guy Neto goes ahead and celebrates, you know, in his mind, great goal, blah blah blah, and then that's taken away from them. It's like psychologically, it's such a has such a massive influence on the game, yeah. and for a decision to be that that fa- I was actually of the opinion earlier in the season, offside, offside, but I now actually think, given more examples of what we're seeing, I just think they need to change the rule or. Or the way they interpret offsides with VAR, I'm not quite yeah. sure how they they do that, but it needs to be checked because it's just it's sucking the life out of the game, out of the emotion and the celebrations, and having too much of an impact on yeah. the the psychological. As, as a of the rule, game. now when you look at it and they do bring up these like these graphics with the lines and that, mm. like by the rule, 
they are offside because you know they are mm. bringing the lines up so you can see like what is offside whether it's a finger or you know a shoulder whatever it is but I'm in agreement with you here they need to change it so it's not so black and white like it is now there's got to yeah. be more to you know more profitable for the yeah. forward so we are seeing goals where you know because when, when you see that on the replay and you know going by the old like where it was you know the linesman the old rules and like you look at it and you kind of go ah oh, you can see why he didn't give that offside mm. onside blah de blah that's what it's got to go back to it's got you know it's got to be clear yeah. and obvious like so that I guess goal, what like could... so Lallana's goal where you know that is clearly on the shoulder mm. and like you were getting you decisions two looks at it. as yeah. well where offside like the referee would uh, the linesman would give it offside and like the offensive player would be like two yards on side and you're like what, what how's mm. he you know what's he giving it you know like how's he giving that you know that's obvious mm. what we're seeing now is uh, it's it is I think I'm in green it's killing it yeah what it's show if you look at it in another way I think VAR has shown how flawed some of the rules are mm. because the the handball one as well that you can't any any brush of the arm in a lead up to a goal means that um, the goal shouldn't stand and we've seen examples of that as well where that's played out and there's just no way that it's it's preventable and it, the the rules need changing um, the way that via I think the time that it takes as well in certain instances needs yeah. reducing, which yeah. I, I guess we always knew would kind of be the case to a degree. It wasn't going to be perfect at first, but the rules need like changing to accommodate it, and they just need to. I actually think as well going into wider discussion. I know this is not possible Anfield because they haven't got the um, tally. They haven't got the screen, mm-hmm. um, but in in stadiums where they've got the screen, show the actual replays as well. Because they only show, they're only showing um, when they're looking at the VAR. They say right, the uh, VAR review yeah. for such and such offence, yeah. where they don't actually show the replays. Like again, like inform the. But you know why they don't show the replays though? Because if they were showing a replay and everyone's like, "Whoa," you know, it's just going to create that atmosphere for the officials, they which would, the FA don't like. They would, but I think they need to get across that VAR is just enforcing the rules, and the rules are fucked. Um, like that's ultimately what it is. Yeah, like that's a, I think all managers, all fans would be in agreement with. Make the changes now. Don't wait until like next season. You know, mm. start doing the changes now. Yeah, I think the Premier League they did review it at one stage, didn't they? Um, but the Premier League are very like stubborn about right. This is the way that we're gonna do it. things like not going off to the monitors on the side. They very much said that's not happening. Yeah. So they're very stubborn in the way that they want to implement the technology. Is that, so not, the, that, is that not like the, you know, the referee association? Is that actually up to the Premier League? Like the Premier League's interpretation of how they want to use VAR, isn't it? Oh, right. Okay. So, obviously it'll be reviewed, it'll be tweaked, they'll, re- they'll look what went well, what didn't go well, and they will change things, but they won't want to do it like midway through a season. They'll probably wait until the end of the season to... Yeah, yeah. To do anything, so uh, just to complicate ma- complicate matters work more. Like they just won't won't bother, fucking you know improving it now. Basically, because that's the thing. That's what that's what we're talking about. It needs improving, mm. but they're not they're not going to do that. Yeah, I mean, and it it's you know it had a it had a huge 
impact on this game? I'm sure I'm sure if it went one one and we went in at half time one one, would you have backed against us to go and um win the second half? You, you wouldn't have done because no. the game the, the, the dynamic of the game would have been different. Well to like saying that but going in you know it doesn't all give am, it gives ammunition to all like I was saying as well oh, about yeah, the yeah. Uh, Rival fans who were who that's were what it'll be now. VARs, VAR, the yeah. and all that. Like, but but saying that, like, you think like Wolves going in at half time, um, you know, <laughs> one nil down still. You, I I thought that was going to affect them a hell of a lot, but it seemed to like it did have an effect on them, but in a yeah. positive way where they really came out the blocks, um, like they like they finished. Like there was an injustice. You could tell exactly. They were, yeah, they were really uh, infuriated by it and yeah. really, you know. Uh, it really like yeah. pumped them up for the second half, um, but yeah, we got so we got through it. What, what about um, individual performances then? Oh I, yeah, I, okay. I, I think uh, well, Carragher gave man of the match to Trent, didn't he? Yeah. Where I think me and you were in agreement, it, it should have, you know, possibly been given to Gomez. Yeah, for his passing, like we both said, passing from the back. He yeah, was, he was finding the midfielders. Uh, those cut through balls, which like. Yeah. Cut through uh, Wolves uh, midfield a few times, uh, but it's one of them, wasn't it? it? Was it was hard to give a man of the match? There was, yeah, there wasn't real any standout across ninety minutes, but I thought Gomez, like you say, he was he was playing some of those uh, penetrating passes through midfield. There was quite a few times where he got um, a couple of slide tackles, blocks, headers, just being in the right place at the right time. I think there was uh, in the first half as well. Uh, like a foot race with Jota, I think it might have been. Showed his speed. Yeah. Um. He's, you know, the questions have been asked of him because when he was coming in and out of the team earlier in the season, he, let's be honest, I don't think he looked great. Uh, Matip, no, he didn't. You know, Matip was first choice, got the injury. Klopp said, right, Lovren's got the shirt now. He came in and did well. He's got the shirt, he gets injured, and then Gomez gets the shirt, and you're thinking, well, actually, in the games that he's played, he has looked, um, uh, he hasn't looked great, um, but he's actually come in and 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 done likewise, and and now he's you're thinking, right, he, you know, he's gonna be able to uh, replace yeah. him at this point. I, I think the World Club Cup final, um. Was probably his best game in a Liverpool shirt. I thought. I thought he mm. was. He was brilliant. So, I think Gomez has proven really that. You know, like when players like in and out of a team, and you know, you're like, oh, that's you know, he's, you know, he's not good enough in uh, performance. You know, on that performance, so you know, he doesn't deserve to get in. Yeah. But it does. It it proves that once you give a player, you know, a run in the team, a proper yeah. run in the team, you know, ninety minutes, I think, he's proven that. Yeah. You know, he has got the quality. I think you need if you play centre half. I think you need the the consistency. You need the understanding with the defenders around you. Mm. He's come on in a lot of games, and like filled him, in right back. Yeah, he's filled in, and it's off. hard to like get up to the pace of the yeah. game. So you do you feel a little bit sorry for him in that sense when he's had the opportunities. They've they've been just little bits here and there rather than a consistent run uh, at centre back where we know that's his preferred position or his best position he's getting that now and he's fair play like he's doing well but that you know we've said many times like any any of the players that have come into the team they've all shown shown the worth like the performance levels haven't dropped you know Fabinho's been injured Henderson's 
coming at the the number six and you know you'd, you'd barely notice um, for being used. Yeah, Lalana. I was gonna say like probably not huge amount of uh well obviously great assist, but apart from that, didn't get on the ball loads. But his work put an absolute yeah, huge shift in. Closing down, making blocks. It's you know everyone who's coming in. It's like it's, it's absolutely faultless, and that's again one of the strengths of the the squad that we've got. It's just like I think the whole team. Any, anyone who comes in is is, yeah. is really doing a job. The players like Solana and you know who are on the periphery, they're all they've buyed into the ethic of like, you know, we're looking like we could win this title here. So mm. let's not fudge it up. You know, if I get an opportunity, you know, even if it's like 30 minutes here, 20 minutes there, you mm. know, I'm going to give it my all because, you know, I, I want to win his medal. Yeah. And that's what, I think that's what the Klopp's quite, uh, That's another, you know, you tip your hat to, to Klopp. Um, that's another thing that he's done at the club. He's created that atmosphere of, there doesn't seem to be anyone there who does like sulk that they're not involved. Like when they get the opportunity to play, they give their all and they they put in good performances. Like they just seems to be like a great kind of spirit in the in the squad. Um, it doesn't really matter who comes in or mm. or who comes out really. So with that one nil win, then that has put us thirteen points clear of our closest rivals, so Leicester. If we won the league, Stu. Oh, you asking me this again? It's, um, it's, it's, it's the it's the biggest question. I know, like to. You know, I know you don't want to commit. I know. But it's like no Liverpool fan want, wants to commit to saying it. But we've been doing this for a little while now and I think we've... We've started, started this in the right season, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jumping on the bandwagon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, it is difficult to commit and say it, but if you look at it objectively, it's, it's really going to be difficult for... Let's say Leicester aren't going to be there at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really going to be difficult for for Man City to um, well, accumulate it, the number you? of points. So yeah. I, I, you know, I, I put a bit of research and and mathematics into uh, into today's podcast, and I was giving you some info before about the the wins required, the absolute maximum wins required from Liverpool in order to win the the title in the second half of the season. So after that win tonight, we now need an absolute maximum of fourteen wins from nineteen games for us to win the title. Yeah, because Man City, if they win every single game from now the end to the end of the season, can only um, accumulate ninety five points. Uh, fourteen wins out of nineteen would therefore give us, I think, ninety six and and give us the title. So that's five games so, there, isn't it? On the, on the assumption that Man City will drop points here and there, even if they have a superb second half of the season, and they, I don't know, say they win sixteen and draw three, that then again reduces the amount of games that we need to win. We probably only need to win out of the nineteen, say like twelve, thirteen games. Mm. Um, and that's again not even looking at draws or anything like that. So the odds are hugely, hugely in our favour. Um, I think from the players' point of view, they just have to the classic cliche of just take every game as it comes. And I think that's Klopp. Klopp will drill that into them. Yeah, yeah. 
But from now until we win that Put title, it this way, if we don't win it, we'll <laughs> never be able to live it down ever again. If we don't win and it, we're not, if this is the end of this, this will be podcast. The, the, <laughs> this podcast will cease to exist, will be deleted from the internet and yeah. this will never happen. Yeah, I, I, that's the thing. Um, from now until, you know, it's in our in our grasps, mm. in our grasp, um, it'll put out, you know, the strongest 11 in every game. You know, obviously we've got the Champions League coming up uh, starting back end of February. But yeah, you know, he's definitely going to concentrate entirely on the Premier League, wait until that gets over the line. And then, this is what I mentioned to you during the game, mm. you know, we're still unbeaten. So there's that factor to come into it as yeah. well, where, you know, there's a good chance that we might go unbeaten. So, you know, that'll... You know, obviously it's way bottom on, on the list. Like, you know, let's just get over the line. Let's just get that mm. title. But if we get that title and we still haven't lost, you know, it, it throws that in to the mix where, you know, we need to keep on winning because, you know, we still need to put out a strong team yeah. in every game because, you know, if we've it's got a, piece a chance... Of the, way, the way we're going at the moment, we're, we're looking at as well, not just winning the league, but it's a piece of history. So it's the maximum number of points to potentially win a title, the second team to be uh, undefeated throughout yeah. the entire season. But like I said, you probably what you worry about that when we get towards the last, say, I don't know, like five to seven games or something like that, if we're in that position. And we're that, still that, in the Champions League. And we're still in the Champions League. Then you've got to assess the priorities because yeah. you're right, you know, we could be in a position where we've won the league, but we're still in the Champions League. I would have no issue whatsoever with us then just resting players in the league games and um, being as fresh as possible for the Champions League, because I don't get as, me wrong. As you be, and I both I'd be well know, slightly disappointed. Would you? Yeah, because for me, like, but don't get don't get me wrong. I'd I'd get over it. Like, it's, <laughs> over that ninety minutes, like, so yeah. if we get beat, like, and then I'd be like, you know, for maybe twenty four hours, I'd be like, oh, fucking hell. Yeah. But then it's like. It's it, it, we've got to, to me. It's you know it's thirty thirty years since we've we've won the league. We would have taken any which way yeah, for yeah. for us to you know for us to win it. Um, now we're just being so, picky, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 well, well, I am anyway. But no, yeah, like you say, just just get so, get it over the line. It's it's looking, you know, who would have predicted this at the beginning of the season? You know, yeah. Wow. So as as we as we speak, uh, Man City are one nil up in the second half against Sheffield United. Yeah. Uh, you'll be pleased because Aguero has has scored. Uh, for your fantasy team. Come on, Sheffield United. But they've got equalise. That'll do. Yeah. Right now. Well, Sheffield United have got this ridiculous run. Um, that they're on in terms of away, uh, being undefeated away from home that stretches back into the Championship. Wow, I didn't know that. There's a fact for yeah. you. Did you hear that before we got on? Heard that of Gary Lineker. <laughs> Cheers to Gary Lineker. Oh, he is that usual one. after all. Wow. Um, yeah. But of course they play us next game. But um, mm. at Anfield as well. But I, I just, I think City were talking there, you know, they'd say they need to win every single game to get 95 points. Unless they go out and buy a, a, a world-class centre-half. Is that going to um, make a difference? Who though? can give them the presence. uh in that in that back four, 
I, I, I still think they're going to be vulnerable. Yeah. Um, and I think they've they've taken their eye off the ball. I was watching that Wolves game and there was no reaction when they went uh, when it went two one, and when it went two two, there was no reaction. And I know they had ten men, but in seasons gone by, I think there would have been a reaction, but there wasn't. And I think although they won't come out and say it, or they won't even think it subconsciously, they probably know that it's gone, um, and they are more likely to Champions focus on, on the Champions League. Yeah. No. What 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 do you think about City? Just uh, just do you still still think? Are we, are we ruling Leicester out still? I mean, well, I, I've tried to do it multiple yeah. times. Like before, but... you know, before this, um, you know, before like the uh, Christmas period, I was like still fearing Man City. Like I didn't have much, you know, belief in Leicester to really challenge us. Uh, you know they're gonna they they are gonna be there or thereabouts. You know in the top four, but you know never to challenge us. But now that Man City have you know obviously that defeat against Wolves, and now the gap that's opened. Um, you know, the, the, I can't see them overtaking us now. Actually, so I think I'm actually coming down off the fence. I think yeah, it's wrapped up, but. Yeah, the you've exclusive Stuart Jones <laughs> has said because it's there, isn't it? You, you, look, you look at it, the table. They've lost five, yeah, drawn twice, and then you it's look too at many, us. Isn't it? You know, we've, we've only drawn the once. Yeah, we've just got to keep our, you know, keep our composure. Um, game by game, not it, and I'm sure they won't. You know that everything that we've learned so far about this team says that they they're not gonna. Collapse, but I don't know. Even if we had, like, say, a couple of defeats on the spin, I could. I still think there would be the the reaction there, and mm. I think the crowd as well, because we're so desperate for that league title. I think the crowd would get even more behind the team, and you don't think that doubt? I I don't think that doubt would get into the crowd, and be I like, don't think oh, no. I I after think after every touch. <laughs> Oh, fuck I, I, up. Yeah, shitting themselves. Fucking Verge tried to fuck up today, didn't he? Christ. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I think it would have the opposite effect. I think this, the the crowd would then even get behind the team even more and yeah, and uh, and help ra- rather than hinder. So yeah, should we do um, some worthy mentions? Um, to fill in worth, on the podcast, worthy mention. Yeah, because we're not. We're not doing our usual like um, setup because uh, you know what's it's... what's the, are we thanking people for? <laughs> yeah, Christmas for wishes. Two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, some royal, um, some royal notes like. Mm. No, well, basically, my first mention is the Lovren Th- factor. Thomas Clark. Yeah, we'll get on to him. The Lovren factor. The Lovren factor. You know, discounting the this. League Cup against Villa, that's now. Seven games where we've kept six clean sheets yeah. when Lovren's like not been in that 11. Yeah, so you're desperate, even though we're on this glorious run, we're the best team. I'm in just the saying, world. it shows you you're with de- Lovren in that to, back four, you're desperate to scapegoat we're susceptible someone, aren't you? to conceding goals. You're desperate to scapegoat someone, aren't you? No, I'm, I'm just making you know a clear and obvious note that Lovren, when he's in that back four. Back four, mm. 
I think he. Concede? I think he. I think he played really well when he came. In. I. To me, you make the art. What you know, Matip. Matip has been really good, for us. But he was in the team beforehand, and we were conceding goals. Yeah, but how many how many games did he start, Matip, before he got injured? You don't. Know, I, I haven't got guess. that off the top of my head. Yeah, but it wasn't that many. Unfortunately, it was less than five games, wasn't it? I don't see there being any correlation. Well, there. I do. I think Lovren, you I know, think, keep yeah. him, keep, you know, ho- ho- you know. hopefully Matip gets back mm-hmm. uh, fitness before Lovren. So, yeah, stay fourth choice, Lovren. Yeah. Um, don't worry, he's going to get his um, champions medal. Um, another mention, Cater. Come off the bench today, but especially during the what, world. Are, they, are these is this people you're bashing or just general? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm actually giving this man praise. Right. I thought, especially during like the world um, club championship, I thought, I thought he played well. I thought um, he did make an impact. Obviously, that Leicester game as well. Um, I think he's always shown it once he's got got that bit of fitness in him. He does show like uh, what his game's about. You know, getting that ball in midfield and driving with the ball, because you've seen that like likes of our midfield today. I think obviously that was rested on Lalana's shoulders, but you know Lalana's never been one blessed with like much pace, um, and probably can be pushed off the ball a bit too easily at times. Mm. But like I said, with Cater and the Ox, I think they are your go-to yeah. kind of players to carry that ball yeah. to the front. I three. like how we've got different types of players um, in midfield because Keita you're right he breaks the lines a bit more he gets in the box doesn't he he mm. scored in the semi-final um, against Monterey and he, he'd scored like two or three recently as well where he's get he's arrived late into the box so again that's a different type of attribute to the other midfielders that we've got yeah throws into the mix uh, move on to this one like on on like a previous podcast we were like saying, like, well, you know, should he go out in the transfer market and get someone just to kind of like get us over the line? You know, a different factor coming off the bench. And I know we mentioned Zaha, um, and obviously now we're bringing in Minamino mm. from Red Bull. Um, you mastered that pronunciation, now. That's an easy one. You've Minamino. had three. You've had three weeks to Probably. do it, so. But um, that he's he's done that. With Minamino bringing him in, a player who, you know, if you bring in Zaha, you know, you're thinking, oh, obviously he's got to, he's got to be pushing for a start a lot. You know, he's yeah. a big name, paid a lot of money, but we're bringing in a player who's costing seven and a half million, whereas Zaha would have cost you seventy five million, yeah. and been on the bench. You know, you're getting a player who's you know been in the Champions League, proving it on the big stage of the Champions League as well against us as well for the team. Um, you know, it just strengthens the bench where we probably did need it because we have been blessed a bit, really. Where you you know you look at Sa- mm. Salah and Mane this season, they haven't picked up an injury. Yeah, and we've had injuries and we've had people out, haven't we? Um, but you're right, not not in the the front three. So would you would you go and sign anyone else in Jan? I know there's been talk of a centre half, and he's bringing in the young lad back from. Well, he's not young, and he's twenty two, but um, from Stuttgart, Phillips. Phillips yeah. yeah, he's bringing Nat Phillips. That's yeah. it. He's bringing him back. Um, I think only temporary, 
though, because I think he, he's coming back because they have their winter break now. He's coming back to play against Everton, probably. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> fill in, you know, you know, as an emergency if someone does get injured. Yeah. But I think, obviously, with... Play the, the Rezies again. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. But, um, you know, with the outlook of, uh, obviously, Lovren and Matip coming back in when Nat Phillips leaves, so there's no need to, br- you know, to bring in a, an emergency centre-half from anywhere. Um, but yeah, like looking at the team, obviously we have been, you know, you look at the bench today where you've got the three young lads on the bench um, and the same again against Leicester. You know, the squad's looking a little bit thin, but nobody's really out long term. So I, I wouldn't bother. Yeah. Would you? I, w- I was going to say, like, I wouldn't want to disrupt things too much. Because um, who are you going to bring in anyway? Let's face it. You're not going to bring in I a- think anyone with real quality. Unless it is someone like Minamino where you're getting it yeah. on like a. Like, I don't know. Can Min- this is the thing. If Minamino can play across the front, then we probably don't really need anyone else. Um, yeah, because like we said before, midfield, you've got a lot of options. Midfield, there. we've got options. We've got people out, but we have got a lot of options generally when people are fit. Um, could we bring in the fact that we're it, like it proving it today? Where the second half we obviously did, um, bring Robbo and obviously especially Trent, who's our main outlet. What if Trent got injured? Do you know what I mean? Should we just kind of get a replacement for him? Well, let's face it, he's is he, he's irreplaceable, isn't he? Yeah, you you can't play in it in the same way with anybody no. else, can you? So you'd have to just adjust. That's where I think it's pointless. We don't need. But you play Gomez or you play Milner, um, right back, I guess. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not too fussed about going and signing yeah. anybody else. I think everything's going pretty nicely as it is. So yeah. quite happy with that. Um, um, should we should we talk about um, a theme that's been um, discussed across uh, social media uh, recently? Uh, which is the team of the decade. Oh, yeah, you mentioned this last week. Yeah. So, I've drawn up a Liverpool team of the decade. Yeah. Um, I'd be good to get your thoughts. Yeah, go on then. Pick it up. So, uh, Alisson and Gorton, I think large majority of this team um, have in mind... The, the recent success that we've we've had and I think that's only right because this is the best team that we've had in a long while I'll just jump in there so say if we didn't win that Champions League would this team be different or do you well think that's a hypothetical same? question so um, Alisson in goal uh, Trent at right back Robertson at left back yeah uh, Van Dijk and Skirtle at centre back uh, that's the one questionable mid, mid, one that one Skirtle. yeah so I'll go through the team and then we can discuss. Yeah. Midfield holding, I'd have Stevie Gerrard. Yeah. Uh, to the right, Henderson. To the left, Coutinho. Yeah. And then front three of Mane uh, on the left, Salah on the right, and Luis Suarez up front. Yeah. Uh, so I'd agree. The, the, the questionable Green one, the, I guess, was the other centre half of Van Dijk. Uh, the reason I picked Skirtle was that I do feel like he did have some good. Seasons for if you remember the start of the decade under Hodgson and then Kenny Dalglish, 
uh, and even into the, the the Rogers as well. I think Scale did have some very uh, solid seasons for us. Yeah, um, key moments, didn't he? In the year that we finished second under Rogers, he was one of the best defenders in the league. Um, scored quite a few important goals for us. That should be mentioned, that because there were sniffs of Man City. Yeah, yeah, but there, there? there was at the time. Yeah, uh, it's easy, you know, easy to forget. Um, I think he lost his way a little bit. Um, towards the end of Rogers and the start of Klopp, but before that, I always felt he was a solid uh, performer. Uh, for us, he was, you know, good in the air threat. Um, in the opposition penalty area, and I just looked at the options available, and he was the probably the one over a, a longer period of time who had more consistency. You could look at the if you look at someone like Matip now. For me, he's um come in and done really well over probably the last like season, no more than that. Yeah. Lovren's had his had his inconsistencies. Yeah. Um. He's had a lot of injuries. Yeah. Since he's been uh, Jamie Carragher was obviously around uh, until 2013, but that was at the latter part of his career and was being phased out. Fuck it, give it to him. Uh, so he's still better than Skirtle. Carragher? Yeah. Come on, let's just give it to <laughs> JC. Unfortunately, um, I've, I've already uh, set this in stone. <laughs> so you'd go, you do, you'd go Carragher instead of Skirtle? Yeah, because like, uh, Skirtle's just like, you know, really hard one to pick you're only picking him because there's not a lot you know I'm not a lot to pick from because it, it, like he was always one where I can always remember it like where the ball get played it's going towards like the byline and he's you know the attacker's got mm. you know run to the ball and you see Skirtle and he's just like yeah. just, you know what about his goal it. against don't, Matt don't jump in and he'd always just jump in and it was like an easy yellow card his and goal again the, whole, the rest of the game you're thinking for, what about his volley against Man City yeah, it was a good goal. Super. I just, I just think over a period of time he was, he he showed consistency and more so than any of the other candidates. But like Daniel Ago was, is was another one as yeah, well. But, yeah, but um, he's he, like Lovren money, a lot of injury prone. Did that? Did have quality Ago, but yeah, he just. Um, and then we've had the likes of Mamadou Sacco as well, who. To me, was was pretty awful, but a lot of people rated him for some bizarre reason. I'd did like, you, did I you like rate Sacco? Um, he was one of them, you know, like where you could see that he wore his heart on his sleeve, um, which always, you know, looks good for a fan. But yeah, quality wise, he, he never knew quite what he was gonna. Yeah, he'd he'd make a brilliant tackle, but then he'd he'd do yeah. something absolutely. Yeah, ridiculous like, as like, well. Like skirt. Not as much as not as much but as. But no, like what you were saying. So about Palace, not, since Sacco's left Liverpool. You know, well, he, he did he, look he good. He did look good for Palace when he first signed, but um, obviously this season, I think he got. I don't know. He got an injury or something, but he can't get back in that team now. Mm. But no, like you were saying with um, Skirtle, you know, you know, going on from twenty ten onwards until he left. Yeah, the first period he did look good because, you know, he had Hodgson, awful football, you know, Daglish, you know, quite a bit of counter, you, mm. know, we, you know, we were a bit up in the air with Daglish. Also scored in the, the League Are Cup Are you just going to name his goals? I'm just thinking back to, he scored, he scored important goals, he scored in the League Cup final as well in 2012. And Vladimir Smits has scored in the Champions League final, but he, he was, 
He was no good, was he? I'm just... Well, that's one goal I'm, I'm giving you. You know, he scored a, a Anyway, the point is, as we became more of a footballing team, you know, where you're expecting mm-hmm. your back four to play from the back, you know, <laughs> it came to it came to the front that, yeah, he's a shit footballer. I think that's a bit harsh. Well, he wasn't known for his fo- footballing skills, he, he, was he? He was the man, you know, he was the man, like, you know, last-ditch defending, you know, you know, every part of his body to try and block and, and all that, yeah. right? But, you know, he, comparing him to Carragher, you've got to give it to oh, Carragher. It's, there's no comparison if you're talking about Skirtle peak and Carragher peak. There isn't, but, you, you know, Jamie Carragher was probably at his best between, like, 2004 and, say, 2008, 2009. Uh, after that, you know, it, it, his pace really went and, you know, like I say, he's been... Fa- that start of the decade, he's been phased out of the, out of the team yeah. uh, more often than not. So I just felt, you know, for the number of... Um, uh, number of games the Skirtle played... Um, over that 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 I period, I just find and... it really hard to give it to scale. I, I never liked him. You again, you've got a vendetta <laughs> against certain players, though, haven't you? Um, should, should we move on? Move That's on. That's the then. team, anyway. Team so, of the decade, Matty's team. Um, so another thing that we've mentioned on a previous podcast is the top four. Like pretty early on, we said, yeah, like the top four as it is is going to be how it finishes. Are you still? Uh, I'm probably, you know, with the Mourinho wobbling a little bit on Chelsea, um, Mm. because they they just seem awful at home. Uh, They've lost, so at home now they've lost to Bournemouth, they've lost to Southampton, uh, they've lost to they've lost to somebody else really shit as well, haven't they at home? Yeah, Uh, West Ham. Fucking hell! Oh yeah, yeah. So. It doesn't look like they're. They went on a great run, didn't they? But it doesn't. It, it looks like they've well, uh, yeah, got got their faults as well. well let's look at but, it. Like you look at Chelsea from fourth, then you've got United, Tottenham. You got to say Wolves. Mm, yeah. Possibly Sheffield United, but no, yeah. I, I can't count them. So you know, looking at them four teams, who's the most consistent? Because for me, mm. Chelsea are not going to be consistent enough from now to the end of the season it's still I I'd still go for Chelsea over the others at this moment in time do you not think Mourinho might get because that's the thing that they, they are conceding goals still yeah but do you think maybe bringing in one or two players in January well if Levy uh, allows it mm. but don't you think he, he might shore up the back a bit more get that consistency because you look, you look at Tottenham again against Norwich. You know when you look at that team sheet, you go, "Fucking hell, they've got some quality." You know, quality players there. They've got good footballing players. United, yeah. United. I Can still think a push? lot, a lot of these teams are um, are inconsistent. You know, United have done pretty well lately, but then they lost to uh, Watford. Mm. Uh, and re- you know, really, if you're going for a place in the top four, should you be getting beat by? A team at the bottom of the league, or who were bottom of the league, like not really. Um, I think Wolves, I still think about. Like, I don't think Wolves will break into the top four, but they've probably got a good chance yeah. of pushing for fifth. I just think Wolves are because they are, are just a, a good 
uh, a really good team and that they're set up uh, in the system. They've always had the similar sort of system that they play in. Um, if you remember at the start of the season, they got a lot of draws and that might cost them ultimately. Yeah. So they're playing catch up on wins, but I mean they've beaten Man City twice this season, so that you know goes to show that they, on the day they're yeah, a, re- a really good team. And um, so looking at the other I'd still end, say Chelsea though. Chelsea. What about you? Um, I'm gonna stick my neck out. And maybe go for Tottenham. Just because of the Not players what they've got. Controversial, Stu. Um, and then looking at the other end, the relegation fight. Um, Norwich, are they definitely down? Yeah, I think so. Watford, I, I can see Watford getting out of it, you know. Mm, he's de- well, I can, after, it, all, after our game, um, they you know, when well we just beat us. them, yeah, they played we well. Just beat them. Um, they haven't lost, they got, they've got seven points. Yeah, they beat the last uh, few games. Beat United, uh, well, beat United 2 0, beat Villa 3 0. And um, they got a point against Sheffield United away, mm. so I can see him getting out of it. Um, the one who's going to take the place then? Villa, I think Norwich, Villa, Villa, Norwich, Villa, yeah. and um, I can actually see Bournemouth. I can see Bournemouth uh, struggling. Um, like what's happened to Bournemouth? I know that Aki's out, like, but they, you know, I think I think I heard one of the pundits say, I think coming into November. They were like seventh, and now it's coming out of December. Um, they are where they are now. Where they're like two points off the relegation. Yeah, very odd one that Bournemouth. Um, do you want to talk about the managerial changes? And slot you in at Everton. He's definitely um, going to make an impact in, isn't he? Big name manager. He is. Yeah, it's it's nice to give the Evertonians. Um, <laughs> you know. Something to uh to cheer, cheer about. about yeah. Uh it's not it's you know, it's been pretty horrible for them. Uh seeing Liverpool running away with it. Um but Is that enough? You know, that yeah, it's yeah. enough air okay. time for them. Uh West Ham getting shot yeah, Pellegrini. Go, didn't they? Is it gonna be more they've got to, or is it gonna be big fat Sam? <laughs> They're fucked either way, aren't they? Oh, but they've got they to me all the teams at the bottom there at the moment they've got far too much quality to be to be involved in that who are you talking West Ham West Ham Bournemouth. yeah yeah West Ham well that's the thing West Ham they spent a lot of money in the summer and it hasn't you know for what um, yeah who else Alteta Arsenal just you know they, I watched parts of that game they were unlucky Arsenal but you know it's, you know what what's their season now anyway to try and break in <laughs> into the top ten seven the seven points off the top four yeah um I think they'll end up mid table because eight eight to ten yeah yeah they just have to get... I just think they're quite an I just think they're quite an average uh, yeah you just team. I, I'm like seeing their lineups now and there's a lot of kids there's a there? lot of young players yeah. yeah. So yeah, they haven't got much hope. Yeah. Obviously, it's written off anyway this season. Yeah. Um, right, I think all bases covered. Yeah, probably just uh, give a bit of a shout for our new Twitter profile. Ah, yeah, can't forget that. Take um, it away, Matt. So the uh, the handle is just another live one, I believe. Um, 
which I would change if I could, but I don't think I have the option. Um, but if you search for just another Liverpool podcast, I'm sure it should it should come up. So yeah, Stu's forced me into setting that up. Um, <laughs> get the word out for for podcasts and um. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just uh, Fo- follow us. Yeah, follow that, and obviously we'll update it when the next podcast is on. Uh, the next one um is on the second of Jan against Sheffield United. Uh, at home, um, at Anfield at eight pm. So yeah, we're gonna try and um record our podcast straight after that. Uh, try and get our our dear friend Thomas Clark to um he was actually meant to be here. Tonight, like, but no, you know, he had an excuse of bottled a family job. dinner. Yeah, bottled, bottled it. Um, so yeah, before we end, I'll just say this: score predictions. Uh, our Leicester ones were flat, but I got the Wolves one right with a one nil. So quickly, Matty, your Chef United prediction. Uh, I'll go to two nil to Liverpool. Two nil to Liverpool. I yeah. shall say. Yeah, I, I'm going with a clean sheet as well, so you're two. Sheffield United. Uh, fuck it, I'm going to go 3-0. Right, cool. Right, we shall see you then straight after the Sheffield United game. Um, bye from me. Yeah, happy new year. All the best in 2020. Salutations. Cheers. <laughs>